0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Yankee Cowboy podcast. I'm joined by the co-host of co-host Chris joining me once again. Today's topic, another fun one. It's the NASCAR. Awesome, awesome race at Talladega recap as well as the 2024 season schedule review uh, opening or reveal, I guess you can say that's coming out. But uh, in playoff implications, we're going to talk about all those things on this episode. Chris, thank you for joining me. Awesome race this past Sunday at Talladega. I, I will have to say as much as I despise cup or plate racing at times, um this was a traditional cup you know plate track race where doesn't wasn't too many wrecks, not too many cautions. I know it might have seemed boring to some, but that's how plate tracks go sometimes.
1: Yeah, I mean, I thought it was a I thought it was a decent race. I mean, if you listen to some of the other uh kind of motorsports related podcasts, they said, Oh, you know, the only reason why they were three and four wide at times was because guys were saving fuel and, you know, be be it as they may, they feel about it. It was, it was a good race. I think it was up there, I believe in the top 10 of the most lead changes, definitely in the, uh, in the seventies in terms of the number of lead changes in, in the race itself. But obviously a huge win for, uh, for Ryan Blaney and team Penske. Um, his third his third win at Talladega in his career um you know a third of his wins have all come at the Talladega Super Speedway and honestly he looking back at the last five Talladega races he could have won or sorry the last yeah the last five uh, Talladega races he could have won all of them so um yeah huge win for for Blaney locks him into the the round of eight for the fifth time in his career um and he's also joined by William Byron who um, you know, we obviously our last show we did, I believe, was before the playoffs started. So, William Byron scoring the victory, um, at uh, having a brain fade here, where where they raced before, uh, before, before they went to uh, Texas, Texas, winning there at, at Texas Motor Speedway, um, you know, in, in a late race duel with Bubba Wallace, uh, to lock himself into the into the round, of, into the round of eight as well. So, uh, you know. Th- The another another card race this weekend at the uh, the Charlotte Roval, which potentially has some uh, implications of the future, whether we'll continue to be running on the Roval or will they will this race move back to the Oval, which will be a maybe a second part of our of our conversation here. But, uh, uh, you know, definitely drive some drivers obviously in great shape at the points and others are teetering on the bubble and uh, at least one for sure is in a must win situation.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, everybody can, I mean, I, I went to Talladega when I was a young lead, young lad myself back in, I think, 95 or, yeah, 96. I went to Talladega, and it was, the track itself is arguably one of the best in, as a fan experience, as you'll ever experience in, in the entire motorsports world when it comes to just fandom of all, of all, everyone. It's a melting pot of all fandom, and having a good time and everyone's really, really great, great fans, great atmosphere. And uh, I I think we'll talk about the Charlotte Roval a little bit, but I, I'm a traditionalist and we, we can argue about that later when it comes to the schedule, which we will talk about. I'm, I'm definitely a traditionalist. And, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see, you know, we're down to the round of eight cutoff and now We'll go into this with Talladega. Obviously, Kevin Harvick had that penalty, which I think we can briefly discuss for a second. Obviously, he's not in the playoff picture, but that penalty infraction is a very difficult one to understand because even Ronnie, Rodney Childers, excuse me, I can probably pronounced all the names correctly. You know, obviously, for uh, Stuart Haas Racing, kind of went into detail post race about you know there was it was they were falling off. The fasteners that were holding the windshield wiper, I believe it was, or, the, or holding the windshield.
1: The, windshield. the actual windshield, yeah. Yeah,
0: holding the windshield was actually, you know, some of them have actually loosened up throughout the race. So it, they were on up until about lap, I think he said 150 or so. And then they were starting to, it was co- starting to come undone. So the transparency from him, it wasn't like an intentional thing for some kind of, you know, some kind of performance enhancement. Well, I,
1: I, I, might, don't, I don't, I don't might, think,
0: I don't think it was in a performance enhancement thing. I think it was,
1: I'm, I might rebut it. I might, I might all right, call, go ahead, bud. I might <laughs> call DS on it. I, go, it, go, go, it, I it, want, it, I
0: want to hear this logic on how loosening up the, bolts off a windshield is a performance enhancer. Go ahead. <laughs> so if
1: you, if you teams, you know, the, the, the areas where teams can get creative is very, very small at these points. Again, I'm not saying that, 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 that they, that they did it, but, you know, to, to say, OK, well, you know, I mean, obviously it, it came loose. There are certain facets of the car where you're looking for any bit of area that you can do things like bleed air out and or have parts of the car move and, and be movable. You know, years ago, that, that same four team got busted for uh, the the back glass on their car caving in. So these are areas that I think they, they look at. You know where they could say okay how can we find our way to get an advantage which listen that's the job of a crew chief is how do i take how do i within the box i'm in how do i how do i find opportunities to to um to to gain an advantage and so you cannot i i'm not saying i'm not saying that rodney shoulders is in the wrong for trying to gain an advantage but to say okay well you know it was just it was a, it was an issue you know and it just worked its way loose Um ah, I don't know. I could, I could, I could take it or leave it. Now, again, I, and I, but then I will say, obviously when you're, when you're racing at close to 200 miles per hour and things like the, the windshield and, and the hood and areas like that that are under a tremendous amount of, of, of stress. I mean, you look at, if you watch these cars in and out of the draft, the the cowl flaps and different pieces on the car, as the car is in and out of the draft, those parts are moving and flapping up and down like, yeah, I could I could see that, but I could see I, I could I could argue both sides, but I think you have to look at maybe the totality of of the of or the uh, the statute of limitations on areas of you know that that four team has had issues in the past with their cars uh, failing tech or having parts that were deemed uh, illegal so um, or 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 met or touched so I, I I'm I'm kind of I'm on the fence. I'll put it like that. I'm on the fence of, of believing everything he's saying.
0: Well, okay. So, I mean, it, it's it's half-truths, right? So, let's, let's go into that because I'm not trying to say that there's a, a legitimate reason why. I'm saying that there's a possibility there that things get loose at Talladega because it's literally bump-drafting the shit out of each other for 200 laps. And so, things can happen. Uh, I'm not saying all things happen. But it did happen, so he got obviously his second place taken away. Which I know he's not in the points contention for the you know the round of eight anymore, or you know it was not even in the round of twelve. But still, he would have seemed like a good result for his last couple races here going down the stretch. Blaney, obviously, that that was a photo finish, and if you watch anyone that's ever watched the the playback and the audio, uh, that is a master class of spotting. Have I ever heard one? Um, Oh, yeah. And it was, and he, when he made the decision to go low, I think on the back stretch, I think on the last lap. Yep. And I said, that's, that's what Blaney's been missing for a little while now. I said, he, he knows how to follow his line. And of course, that's all communication from Josh up at the top and telling him where these guys are and just being in, just taking, making the move and going with momentum as Dale Earnhardt Jr. would say, you follow your run, but it was definitely a, a driver decision. Definitely raced hard to the line. Great win. Honestly, I, I don't think there was a, a, if you, if you, I did like his after the race quote of why he
1: didn't burn it down. Uh <laughs> Even though he technically did a burnout, but
0: yeah, well, I mean, he, he yeah, there was a question about why he didn't do a burnout before in the past when he won, yep. and that's how that got, got straight out, which I, I do like that quote. I think we should all use that from time to time, yep. um, which is a very I, valid point.
1: You bring up a great point there about the, the communication between spotter and driver. I think one of the – for folks who, if they get a chance, maybe look it up and listen to some of the audio there, because, yeah, it is it is definitely a master class of listening to how how a, how a spotter and a driver work. One of the areas I think that was that was huge and crucial to him winning was um, was on that last lap heading into three. Once Blaney had got under got inside of Harvick um, and had the twenty four of William Byron pushing him, they were going through the middle of three and four. And and Josh came Josh Williams, the spotter, came on the radio and said, "Don't let that twenty four clear the four. That was a crucial move because if he al- if he allowed himself to clear the four. The twenty-four who had, I believe, the nine and the five, two had three hundred cars behind him. Potentially, could have put him, uh, put him, um, or
0: hung him out to dry. Yeah, hung Mm -hmm. him out to dry coming to the
1: coming to the checkered flag. So, the idea of keeping the twenty-four behind him. Yeah. Keeping him kind of boxed in was, was really a very, very heads up move, which
0: I'm not, that's where I kind of listening back into watching that back again. Yeah. That definitely happens. And I, I, of course I had to watch the entire race footage to see exactly where he says that. And you're right. They had 300 cars lined up. So if he, let's say Byron got a run to the quarter panel on the inside of, let's say he wanted to make a move on Blaney. You know, he had two helpers behind him and, and Blaney didn't have anyone there to help at the time, so mm-hmm. it was definitely one of those situations where, you know, when Josh says those things, there's obviously a trust factor involved between a spotter and a driver. Um, as a driver, you're allowing this person up top above you to basically put the safety uh, in in their hands. You know, it's plate. Tr- I think restrictive plate racing doesn't really get enough credence when it comes to the just unrelenting. Hole on the mind that it takes um, yeah. of just, it's a constant, constant barrage of stimulus to the brain of, do I go now? Do I wait? Do I go? Do I go? Do I have, and you're constantly, I know people don't, some drivers like the, all that information and that's fine. But you know, for in a plate race like this, you really do need that information because yep. you want to follow the best run possible, especially when you're in the lead uh, or the top five, you know, you kind of know, especially when you're coming down to the wire, you know, and that's where, so you look at the the, the cup race points now, you, 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 have Byron, obviously I'm not saying obviously he's up, he's locked in Blaney's locked in. Then you have Danny he's a plus 50. So he's pretty much a certain uh, yeah. shoe in at this point, he's, you know, Let's, he's you
1: know, got to finish, he's finish. 20, 20- <laughs> 29th or higher. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, locks locks him in, regardless of, uh, of anything that happens on track. So, basically, uh, basically a shoe in to uh, to to win. And, and obviously, and real quick, give a give a kudos to Denny because you know he had a had his trademark speeding penalty last week, went a lap down, and then came back um, to finish. I believe finished fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, the ability to to, to overcome a, a you know Denny really is one of the best at can overcoming overcoming speeding penalties and finding a way to to get gain well, he just knows
0: like i think it's a little bit of just you know he knows he messed up you know he's not going to make his team pay for his mistake and knowing that he's got to put that on his shoulders and kind of go you know that's that's just a drive that's a professional driver in my view being taking ownership of a of, of a mistake and kind of going okay it's not the team's responsibility now to save me here I got to yeah. do something, right? You know, I got to get back on the lead lap here. I got to work through these guys. I can't just be lollygagging in the back mid-race. Right. I got to keep pushing to get, make sure I get the lucky dog position. These kind of things are definitely important when those things yeah. do happen. Yeah. I, 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 So going through the rest of the points, guys, you got Christopher Bell, Chris Buescher, Martin Truex, Larson, and Keslowski. And the four guys currently out right now is Reddick, Wallace, Chastain, and and Rowdy himself. So,
1: yeah.
0: And uh, must-win is probably Rowdy at this point. I yeah, think we both plus, can agree with that. Yeah, he's got
1: to uh, he's minus, what's, 20, 26, I believe. Uh, yeah, the, minus 26,
0: yeah. So, he's got to – everyone's yeah. got to quit or get DNF for him to make it at this point. Yeah, um,
1: he's he, – he's, yeah, he's definitely – basically, I think he's the only one you got to look at that would say is an absolute must-win. I think the other guys from – from you know basically i think you probably say uh you know um Larson's plus 15 true x plus uh plus 17 Bush, you still want to finish well
0: i mean you still you still want to yeah. put up because because are going into the next round here so it's not like it's a, yep. a, a slouch type of situation where yep. you just kind of relax a little bit here you got to because we're coming down the stretch of races where not everyone's really good And you kind of want to give yourself a little bit of a cushion on some tracks that you're better at than maybe you're not so good at down the stretch. So it's, it's one of those things where.
1: If, if you're Kieslowski looking at guys, Kieslowski has really struggled on the road courses recently. So Kieslowski, you got to look at their, their strategy is probably going to be. And also a reminder too this week is that uh, there will be state. The cautions have returned for at the end of stages. Yeah,
0: I'm not a fan of those. Yes.
1: But I, I think that I think you, from a from a Keselowski standpoint, definitely they are going to be hardcore chasing stage points. They need them, um, you know. I think I think the I think basically every RFK
0: is. That you think it's an RFK deal collectively, or just Brad?
1: Just Brad, I think. I think Brad's okay. got to Brad's got to chase stage points. I think Kyle Busch. I mean, I think they throw stage points completely out. I think they're strictly on on the strategy of just trying to win the race. Um you know, I think the guys, you know, Reddick, Wallace, and Chastain, they probably are in that middle ground of either racing for stage points or, or, or racing. I mean, we,
0: let me ask you this, Chris: Would it would it hurt those three guys, other than Kyle Bush to chase after stage points?
1: No, I think, I think, I think, yeah, I think, I think Keselowski, Reddick, Wallace, Chastain are all going to race. All could potentially race for. uh for st- for stage points, I, I think. But I think, uh, you know, I think if you're Larson, Larson, Truex, Bush, you're kind of above there. I think you're, you, you need to, you, you probably need at least one stage worth of stage points, and then maybe race for the win. But I think if you're Kyle Bush, it is all, you you just got to, you're just racing it for track position and to be in the best possible position um, at the end of at the end of stage two and towards the final stage for a chance to win because. Your, your, yeah, your back's up against the wall at this point.
0: I I think so. Going into this, who who do you think wins actually at Charlotte? I mean, do we? I mean, minus our view. I mean, I have a difference of a view of the Roval. I I believe the Daytona Road Course is better than the Roval, and it should have been used, you know, as a date compared to the Roval. Some people like the Roval. I'm, I'm a difference of opinion when it comes to it. I, I. I'm not going to fall in love with it, but I understand the reasoning behind it because the mile and a half tracks were getting too many dates and they wanted to break it up with some road courses. So.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, I, that's-
1: I think you got to look at the Toyotas. They've been really strong on the, on the, the road courses this year. So, you know, I think you gotta look at uh, at Martin Truex jr. I think Tyler Reddick, um, Christopher bell, who won this race last year in a, in a walk-off cause he, he was in a must win. So I would, I would say that the Toyotas are probably the the favorites to win this week. Um, you know, if I were to say maybe a Dark Horse, I'd look at, you know, a Chase Elliott or a William Byron. Um, but I would for sure say, I, I definitely would say the Toyotas are probably the, uh, probably the odds-on favorites to win. Um, you know, I think maybe it's a long shot. I would probably say Denny Hamlin. But... Um, I would yeah, say Denny,
0: but, Denny's kind of showed some, some improvement on his road course racing over the years, but I'm not sure if he's. Yeah. I mean, this particular track is his specialty. So I, I, I definitely, I don't know, man. I, I see I, a road I, course specialist kind of taking one here.
1: Um, I, I think I'll take, I think, I think I'll, I think I'm going to roll with Tyler Reddick. I think Reddick. I think yeah. Reddick.
0: That's where I, that's where I was leaning towards a little bit. Cause, uh, he had a hell of a show last couple road courses and, uh, You know, it's, I mean, I I also could see somebody else outside the playoff winning a race here because things, crazier things have happened at this track. I mean, we talk about people running out of fuel in the last lap and, you know, people getting a win and then getting into the, you know, the next round. So it's, it's one of those things where do I think Denny is going to be aggressive? I think he's going to probably be top 10. But I don't, I don't see him unless it falls in his lap. I don't see him winning that race. Um, I can see Busher pulling off an upset if I could. I'm not saying he's a crazy on road course guy, but the crazier things have happened at these tracks, and I think you can agree with that. And you're right with the Toyotas. I just I, I'm I'm just not a Toyota fan, so it's kind of one of those things where, as a fandom, you like somebody else other than a Toyota to win a race. Um, but is it going to happen? Who knows? Uh, Tyler Reddick is just a different road course driver now uh, ever since. So that being said, though, I mean, going into the schedule, which was tentatively released with dates and somewhat different things that were updated. Um, Chris, we can get into that topic here. Yep. Yep. And And I think it's important for us to mention here. Next year has a lot of changes in the schedule when it comes to just not only tracks, but also dates of tracks, the schedule timeframe, all of it's changed. Um, There is a two week gap for the Olympics next year in August. Uh, Chris, did they bring back the father's day or mother's day weekend off situation?
1: Uh, Again, kind of hard to say at this point. I mean, some of the things that we do know for sure um yeah obviously season start in daytona that's that's yeah obviously that's, yeah i was yeah. i was gonna go
0: there daytona yep. obviously, for some reason they brought back the clash I, i'm not a fan yep. just yeah
1: clash will be at the coliseum um again schedule's still not out there there, there have been some, some there's some tentative
0: stuff there's changes yeah. probably it's not fully released yet but for the most part we have been told that obviously the start of the year is always going to be at daytona you have the clash at the coliseum which I'm just baffled by the fact that they still brought this back, but this concept back again with the fact of logistics and, and everything else that goes with it to the West coast. It's just, you could have done the, the clash at, I don't know, Wilkesboro or any other track for.
1: Well, you got to factor in. I mean, it's, it's January for early February. So you got to go. Yeah, somewhere.
0: I know, man. I just,
1: I, I just, Formous I'm not climb, a fan man. of
0: driving out to the West coast for literally an exhibition race and then driving yep. those boys back 3000 miles. So yeah. And, you and have, so uh, you got you got Daytona. They obviously uh they announced as well, Chris. Uh Wilkes North Wilkesboro is getting the all star race again next year. But they're a little bit of a I would say argument amongst race fans. They're repaving the track, which a lot of fans, old school, including myself, are kind of like, eh, that's it, that does not need to be done. But uh, if you look at the I mean, condition of the track, uh,
1: it looks like it might need it. Track's coming apart. It's not yeah, factor. The track had not been paved since the 1980s. You know, it wasn't raced on for it wasn't mm-hmm. raced on competitively for over 20 plus years. And then they put race cars on it, and you know they had issues with the track coming up. It's you just got it. You got to bite the bullet and get get it done. Um, you know, there's there's things they can do. You know, with the with the resin and various things like that to try and open up a second groove. So yeah, the 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 notion that they could keep they could keep racing on that surface is is insane. Um I yeah, pat- uh, knew pat- they were gonna make
0: a change. I wasn't sure if it was gonna be this year or next year. I thought they were gonna drop resin first before they did anything. Um kind of just kind of patch it, you know, do those patches or whatever you want to call them for the but I think yeah. doing doing that, a, doing a full repave with the grant that they received, I believe, for the I forgot what it was, what bill it was, but they received some funds to to do some renovations and that's part of it. Um Big, big, big takeaway from the schedule release or tentative release is both dates in Bristol are going to go back to the concrete, Uh which uh, I'm a big fan of as a short track fan and Bristol fan. I'm I'm always a big fan of that because I think it's necessary. Um,
1: Yeah, I, I, I would say, you know, the hope the hope is that, you know, that that spring race had been lagging. I mean, there was a point towards the end before they did put the dirt down that, you know, they weren't even selling the corners. Uh, The attendance had been going way downhill for that, for that uh, spring race. So hopefully with, with, uh, with, with the, you know, getting back onto the, uh, onto the concrete for two races, that'll, that'll get the intrigue back up. But, you know, we understand why they did it, but now we also kind of understand why they're, they're going back to uh, going back to the basics there as well.
0: Well, I mean that too. And then, you know, another big takeaway from the, the tentative schedule release is definitely the um the announcement that they're going back to the the Oval in Indianapolis and um you know for the Brickyard four hundred, which I, I'm actually kind of excited about because this will be the first, I believe, Brickyard four hundred that's under the Roger Penske ownership group yep. of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Yep. That's right. um, And I I know that the intention of going to the road course was like I said earlier, previously with the Roval concept was to add road courses to a schedule that was dominated by oval in mile and a half. But Indianapolis as a whole is one of the, in my opinion is one of the greatest tracks there is in the country of the United States. So it's regardless of what people think about, you know, the the two two mile long track that it is, it's it's the venue, and I think with Roger uh, doing a lot of renovations to the track, uh, the the amenities of the track, not just the the, the surface, but it's definitely going to be really a fun atmosphere for the fans. I think the fans were enjoying the road course. I just think it did, it wasn't selling tickets anymore after like the first year. I, I think oh. it, so.
1: I, I, and I think everyone went. I think that the whole edge of all the road courses going crazy. I think that kind of that kind of wore off now. So we'll tie it I, I, I do.
0: I do. I, I am disappointed, and I will say I am disappointed. Um, the fact that Road America is not on the schedule again. Uh, I am disappointed that they decided to bring back the chart the, the Chicago road course, which I wasn't against the Charlotte or the Chicago road course as a venue. The track layout looked a little weird, um, but I, I just – I I understand – I just think Road America, in my view, is a lot better racer's road course than a, a layout that was created by a bunch of engineers yeah. uh, using city streets. So yeah. a little disappointed a little- in that, but, I mean, I understand – why they had to do it, but other than that, man, I'm just trying to think of anything else we haven't discussed. Um, uh, for the schedule uh, here,
1: Texas, Texas looks like it's going to move from the uh, the fall back into uh, April. So, um, well, they had two, they always had two dates up until the last
0: couple of years here, and then no, the last, yeah, year, and then they They'll this during this year with Wilkesboro getting a date uh, for the all star race that took, I guess, one of the dates away. Mm-hmm. Yep. Our, and yep. then and so yeah, the fall race, I would I, I'm glad they're doing a, a race in Texas, not in the middle of the summer. So I'll I'll accept it <laughs> if that makes sense to you because I live mm-hmm. here. Um it doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but I get it because Texas yep. Motor Speedway, I mean either bulldoze it or do something with it, you know, because yep. uh it's not selling out and it's doing nothing but taking up space. So
1: then also, I, I think one of the last uh, one of the last bits of news so far that was announced actually today, um, as we're taping, uh, was that the Cup Series will finally, after fifteen plus years, will finally race at Iowa Speedway. Uh, in no, that's a great track.
0: That is a phenomenal track. It, it really is. That's a challenging. Yeah. It's a challenging track, short track in a sense of its design, as they would say. You know, it looks more like a Phoenix uh kind of style or even a richmond you know so that's a really i I think that kind of helps the the drivers as well prepare for champ i'm not sure exactly where they're going to put it on the schedule they haven't really released it yet but i'm assuming Uh, it'll be be in june so yeah it's a good preparation for potentially for phoenix in the fall if they want to use it for that or even for richmond so i think that's a it's a pretty pretty good
1: thing yep and i believe the last rumor that i heard and one of the reasons why that that Iowa is being put on the schedule is because there was uh talk that the series was going to go to Montreal, but unfortunately it seems like contractual obligations have led to that not happening. Um, but there's also rumor that Richmond could be a doubleheader weekend uh, for the cup series. So we'll, again, time will, time will tell if all these, some of these rumors will uh, finally get closed out, but uh, it should be a, should be a, a pretty darn good schedule for, for 2024 in the cup series.
0: Absolutely. Chris. I, I mean, like I said, man, I appreciate you joining me for this episode. Hopefully we all have a good rest of your week. It's going to be a fun weekend as well at the Roval. Uh, I got to do some, i racing here tomorrow, probably myself, do some racing. Uh, I, I'm terrible at road course. So it's, if I do any of that kind of stuff, <laughs> it, it only gets better, but uh, hopefully everyone has a good rest of your weekend. Have fun, enjoy yourselves, watch some baseball. Cause we're down to the, we officially started the playoffs today and uh, hopefully we get to enjoy America's pastime as well as NASCAR this weekend, as well as college football and NFL football. So Chris, thank you for joining me as always another time, another episode. Let's do it all again. Next time. I appreciate it.